Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. All right, Salem Heights, welcome to another week of Church in Quarantine. And uh, we are so blessed that so many of you have been checking in with us and connecting. It's been uh, incredibly hard for us to do church this way because we miss just being near you. We miss your presence. Um, one of the biggest problems for me is uh, if I tell a joke, nobody laughs. So it's just like home. And I'm struggling with that a little bit. I miss having you guys here and having an audience that we can connect with. And we, I miss worshiping the Lord together. I do hope that you have an opportunity to thank AJ and his crew uh, for all the worship that they've been doing so excellently. I know our family's been blessed by that, worshiping at home and uh, for the crew that's been doing video editing and everything so that we can continue to worship together. If you think of it, send them a note. But this week, we have an incredibly hard task of still engaging with the situation that we're in. We are in a scenario where we're asked to stay at home and we're separated from each other. And in our minds, we can get filled up with all of the concern that's in the world. And it would be appropriate to maybe have another message focused on how do we quiet our hearts. But also, we have just this next week, Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, uh, a great moment of victory that we need to get our hearts ready for. And so our intention is this morning to try to get both done. We want to still be reflective of the situation that we're in, but in our reflections, we want to get our heart ready to celebrate the resurrection. Scripture anticipates that by giving us the story of the triumphal entry. And so what I want to do is read that story of the triumphal entry, starting with Christ coming through Jericho and ministering to some blind men. And then I want to focus on just one phrase in the triumphal entry that is picked up by all the gospel writers. It's a phrase that is echoed out of Psalm 118. So let me read the triumphal entry out of Matthew, starting with chapter 20, verse 29. It says, And as... They went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting in the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately their sight was recovered, and they followed him. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples and saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt and put them on them their cloaks, 
and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. And the crowds that went before him, followed him, were shouting, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowds said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, there's an amazing thing that's happening here in this triumphal entry. Uh, this moment is happening as Jesus is riding into town during a famous celebration season, a celebration of Passover that was happening in Jerusalem at that time. And there were three different times that all of Israel was called together. They were all of the men of Israel were forced. They were asked every single year to arrive in Jerusalem three different times. Uh, for Passover, for uh, that uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and for the Feast of Booths. And as they would come together, there were different points along the way where they would begin to sing prescribed songs. And the final set of those songs was called the Hallel. Uh, it wrapped up with Psalm 118, where all of them would be shouting back and forth to e each other, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They would reflect on this psalm. And it's this psalm, and in particular, a couple of phrases that come out of this psalm that the gospel writers would get hung up on. In fact, they would unpack it multiple times throughout the rest of the New Testament. I thought it would be an encouragement to us to read portions of Psalm 118, this psalm that they're shouting back and forth to each other, and then just have three reflections this morning to help guide our hearts this week to get ready for the resurrection. Psalm 118, and I'll just read portions of it, starts like this. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called to the Lord. The Lord answered me and he set me free. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord's on my side, as my helper, I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Verse 17 picks up that same idea and it says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he's not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. The psalm then wraps up with this. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he made his light shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords on the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I'll extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. I have just three thoughts for you this morning and some video clips that I think will help us meditate on these things. The first thought that I have out of Psalm 118, as it is recorded there also in Matthew 21, is that the triumphal entry came in a season of distress. This uh, first scene that we came upon was actually of some blind men that were on the road on the way to the triumphal entry. So everybody else around is shouting out Hosanna and is excited, but they could not participate. All they could do is hear this excited throng going by. And Jesus stops in the middle of that procession and heals them. He gives them what they not only wanted, but what they most needed. They were able to see the Savior. Also in Psalm 118, it starts with a time of distress. It says in verse 5, Out of my distress I called the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. It is important that all the way through the scriptures we understand that God sees our pain. Even in all of the excitement that's going around and all the busyness, the concern that the world has, he doesn't miss those who are crying out to him. This is an important season to remember that. He is revealed as the God who sees, and he gives sight to the blind. Let's listen to a testimony. You first have to understand the noise, the, the crowd. I could hear they were close onto the road. And, and not just because I had great hearing to make up for my blind eyes. I mean, this was a roar. People cheering and clapping and singing. As it got closer, I, I, I tried to listen as carefully as I could, see if I could make out what they were saying. I knew that they were coming my way. See, some of us sat by the main gates where most of the people would come and go. I know people by how they walk, whether they drag their feet or not. And every day I just sat there and waited for mercy. But I, all I could do was listen. Suddenly I realized that they cheered for him. Some grumbled even speaking his name. Others said he was the Messiah. But a handful of them had, had witnessed him healing people. I crawled closer to the road, afraid that I might be trampled. I, I could hear that there were a lot of people coming. Is that him? Is that the teacher? Anyone tell me? Is it him? And someone said, yes, it was Jesus. And to this day, I, I can't explain it, but I just yelled. I yelled louder than I had ever yelled. Son of David, 
Have mercy on me! He heard me and he, he came over where I was and asked what I wanted to see. And then everything I had always hoped to lay my eyes on was there before me. I followed him that day, and the next day, and the next day. What amazed me was, it seemed like the people that could see the best were the most blind. As for who I say he is, one day, I was yelling for him to heal me. Now, here we are in Jerusalem, yelling to all those who have ears to hear that he is Hosanna in the highest. He is the Messiah. The second thing that I would have you consider with regards to Psalm 118 and the triumphal entry of Christ is that the triumphal entry came in a season of conflicting expectations. It says in Psalm 118, 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. There were a group of people that were also waiting in Jerusalem and they were also waiting for a king. The Pharisees that had gathered together there were watching, but they're scandalized by what is happening. They have seen Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and in their own hearts, they had already rejected him. They had been studying and preparing, wanting to see the Messiah, but they did not think Jesus was the Messiah that they wanted. As we reflect on this, I just want to speak to especially families and maybe even kids that are listening this morning. Is it possible that there are times where there are things that you want and your parents know that that desire is not actually what you need? And so you ask for something. It may be that during the season you're asking for treats or a, a certain type of uh, video or something else that you want to participate in. You want certain things and your parent gives you something instead that actually will lead to a greater blessing in your life. I want you to think about this because God is literally doing that in this moment. They thought they wanted one thing, but God provides the Savior they actually needed. A season of conflicting expectations. Our desire for a certain outcome can cause us to reject what God sees we really need. Palm Sunday is the day when we celebrate Jesus' return to Jerusalem. It's a triumphant story that began in an ordinary way. On his way to town, Jesus did something bizarre. He stopped and asked two of his disciples to go to a nearby village called Bethpage to pick up a donkey. He even told them exactly where it was tied up. Although the two disciples didn't understand the request, they obeyed without question. Sure enough, there was a donkey tied up right where Jesus said it would be. Still not knowing the bigger picture, they brought it back and they gave it to Jesus. They even threw their coats on top to make a makeshift saddle. Where are we going, they must have thought. But in classic Jesus fashion, 
he had a plan much bigger than they could imagine. Soon the whole crew was headed for Jerusalem, Jesus on the donkey and his disciples by his side. As they approached, people began to appear along the roadside, first a few, then many. One by one they laid their coats and palm branches on the ground to form a path to Jerusalem. But why would they do this? Traditionally, when a king or queen visited, the city would roll out the red carpet. But Jesus was no ordinary king, and he certainly was not viewed as one by the religious leaders. The people by the road saw Jesus for who he was, the Son of God and the Savior of man. He was their king, and they were there to honor and worship him. Together, they shouted Hosanna, which means rescue or save us, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As you might imagine, the whole thing drew quite a crowd, and the commotion caught the attention of the Pharisees. These religious zealots resented Jesus, and they were furious to see him acknowledged as the Son of God. They demanded that he silence the crowd, to which he simply replied, even if they were quiet, the rocks would cry out. And then something fascinating happened. Jesus began to weep. You see, they were the ones who were most desperately longing for a savior. They had dedicated their lives to religious piety and had heralded the day that a king would return to save them. And here he was, and they couldn't even see him. What happens next is the rest of the story. But the significance of Palm Sunday remains more than just Jesus' journey into Jerusalem. It is a depiction of his boundless love for all people and the very reason why he proceeded to the cross. It is a triumphant story with the best chapter yet to come. There's a third thing that I would have us reflect on this morning before our time comes to an end. And that is that the triumphal entry came in a season of celebration. This was actually a season where they were anticipating the sacrifice of a lamb, uh, where they would come and celebrate that moment where death had passed over them because of the blood that was applied over their house. Because they had, in faith, taken that lamb and it had been sacrificed and that blood was applied to their doors, death had passed over. That, that lamb had been sacrificed in their place. This is a significant time of celebration. We have, even today, peace with God. And that peace with God is possible because of a sacrifice. Let's consider that. It was not the first time Jerusalem had been flooded with people shouting Hosanna. That was Passover. It happened every year with branches representing victory. Pilgrims would stream into the gates, prepared to recite together Psalm 113 through 118, including the joyful greeting, Hosanna, Lord save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But this was different. The rabbi on the donkey was a sensation, a worker of true miracles, and a teacher unlike any other. It was said he had raised a dead man back to life. Surely he had the power of God. Those fortunate enough to see him entering the city shouted out their greetings and made the way more beautiful by laying down their cloaks and branches as they would do for the most honored of men. That was Passover. 
That was the celebration of the blood of the lambs. God kept his word, and the angel passed over their sons in Egypt. How many hoped this man would be that angel of death for the Romans? How few understood that he was, instead, the Lamb. The Lamb whose blood would save them from sin and death. Had they known, would they have gone silent? Or would they have joined us today, shouting more loudly still, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As our time draws to a close this morning, I would ask you to just, as a family, begin to reflect on those three different stages that we worked through. That the triumphal entry came in a season of distress. That the triumphal entry came in a season of conflicting expectations. And that it also came in a season of celebration. You may find yourself in a season of conflict but also in your heart you know that there is reason for hope. Let's take time this week to remind ourselves that we're not tied to the circumstances that are going on in our nation or even the circumstances that are going on in our city. We do have to respond rightly to those. We need to see those concerns as real, but our hope is placed in Jesus the one who has had victory over the grave. And this entire week, we should be preparing our hearts to celebrate that real victory. So let's close our time in prayer. Father God, we thank you for these moments that are recorded in scripture. We thank you for reminding us of the triumphal entry of Christ, this moment where he is coming in to shouts of Hosanna and to uh, all of Jerusalem proclaiming this victory. Here is our king riding in the anticipation of what he would be. Father, we proclaim Jesus is the Messiah, and I pray that you would help us in this season that is so turbulent, and while we are stuck away from those, in many cases, that we love, uh, away from a season of celebration in the throng, as Scripture calls it, uh, where a great group is gathered together, uh, yet we can still celebrate you here in our homes, and we do that. We give you praise. We thank you for being a God who sees us in our circumstances. We thank you for meeting us in the middle of our distress. But we also thank you for a permanent hope that can't be taken away by our situation. Jesus Christ has conquered the grave. And we pray that you would help us to reflect that, not only mentally as we spend time now walking through that, but that you would so cause our spirits to rise above our situation uh, that as we are filled with hope, the world sees a hope. They see the gospel proclaimed in our response. Give us the ability to do that, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.